0: This episode of Imagineer Podcast is sponsored by WDW Magazine. If you're missing Walt Disney World right now like I am, it's hard to believe I haven't even been to the parks in over six months, WDW Magazine will definitely hit the spot. They are the premier magazine focused on Walt Disney World, available in print or digital. The digital edition gives you instant access to over 80 issues of WDW Magazine, each one containing over 100 pages plus embedded video content. And the print edition contains over 64 glossy pages of pure content mailed right to your mailbox every month with no interior ads. The quality of this magazine, both in terms of visual appeal and written content, is the best in the business, and will leave you with hours of magical entertainment. If you can't tell already, I personally subscribe to both the digital and print editions, and I am in love with their work. In fact, I was just personally reading a 10-page article all about the Society of Adventurers and Explorers, which was in their August issue, and I learned so much, including the fact that there's an Easter egg to the society in the United Kingdom Pavilion at Epcot. I had no idea. Best of all, WDW Magazine is giving Imagineer podcast listeners 10% off a new annual subscription to their digital edition, which I learned will stay with you if you decide to auto-renew. To enroll today and get instant access to over 80 digital issues, simply visit www-magazine.com slash Imagineer Podcast. And by the way, that's a hyphen between the words WDW and magazine and use the promo code Imagineer. Even simpler, just look for the hyperlink in the description of this podcast episode, which will take you right to the signup page. Again, type into your browser www-magazine.com slash Imagineer Podcast and use code Imagineer to take 10% off an annual digital subscription. Hello and welcome to The Imagineer Podcast, your unofficial guide to all things Disney. I'm your host, Matthew Krull, and you're listening to episode 85 of The Imagineer Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to continue our discussion from episode 84, and that is talking about our favorite illusions from Walt Disney Imagineering, some of the special and practical effects that we most enjoy when we visit the Disney parks and resorts, and some of the uh, illusions that just totally blow our mind when we ride an attraction or even just walk around the parks. If you haven't yet listened to part one, definitely go back and listen to episode 84 because there There are a number of amazing illusions that we talk about, and of course, we will continue that discussion in episode 85 with the same guests, uh, James, Philander, and Randy. Of course, at the end of the episode, I'll come back and tell you a little bit more about how you can connect with the Imagineer podcast on all your favorite social media channels, and how you can help to inspire and create the future of the show. So... Grab some headphones, pull up your favorite armchair, and enjoy this episode of the Imagineer Podcast. That's good though. Yeah. Um, Great answer. Thank you. Philander. How about you? Pick your next
1: up. Um, This one I added, I'm glad I added it because Randy brought up the, um, the marriage of multiple, um, multiple illusions together. And the one I picked was, is from rise resistance where uh, Kylo Ren is coming after your vehicle with the lightsaber.
2: Oh, yep. Uh, That was on mine.
3: Oh yeah. Which is so
1: great because it, Could have very easily, like how you mentioned, Matt, about WDI choosing to do more than they need to, they could have very just easily had it be a projection with um, the projected lightsaber. But the fact that the lightsaber is an actual physical prop that's Mm -hmm. timed with the projection, and then the projections on the sled that's pushing towards you also at the same time creates this really cool effect of him actively moving towards you. And they are able to hide it with the the light that's shining in your face at that moment. So you don't see how it actually works. But the fact that they chose to go with a physical lightsaber along with the projection gives, makes him look considerably more real if, as if the other than if the uh, lightsaber was projected as well. another thing where it's like, they just didn't have to do that. Cause we bo- we all know that it's not a physical person walking, but the fact that the lightsaber is actually there um adds to that effect like sway more than just the actual projection
2: yeah that was the one on right well i mean all of them blew me away but that one really really blew me away i was like that can't be a real person but it really really looks like it
0: Flander, this is why you and i are friends because you are tearing down my list <laughs> literally everything you've said so far has been on here um But yeah, I think that's also sort of kind of honoring the past a bit and Mm -hmm. also realizing that sometimes the things that age the best are some of the oldest tricks. Um, Because if you look at the Haunted Mansion, and I I have a few more on there for Haunted Mansion, but I I think that um, that's something that doesn't age. There's all those effects, all those illusions are just as convincing today as they were when the attraction was first created and if you look at some other attractions where it's mostly um, you know digital effects that sort of doesn't age as gracefully, um, so mm-hmm. I think it was probably a conscious decision to make the attraction last a bit longer or age a little more gracefully, but also could be honoring the past. I, I don't know what their decision was, but you're right, they did. Either way, they did more than they needed to and it made it an incredible illusion.
1: Yeah, getting to hear from Scott uh about uh them looking backwards into what made Pirates and Haunted Mansion so special for Rise Resistance. Like before I wrote it was like the biggest like, this is gonna be great. The fact that they went to these two titans of the theme park industry to mm-hmm. take what works best from those two and marry it into this, you know, next generation uh e-ticket dark ride was like the greatest like this is going to be good if you're (laughs) taking from these two and putting it into the same pot for this one attraction
3: yeah absolutely genius yeah i think it's an encouraging trajectory you know for for a while it felt like everything was going screen based and projector based and you know it's it's almost like movies you know where everyone went gung-ho with all the computer graphics and then they were like oh you know what practical effects really look better and, and stand up to the test of time better and the theme park industry has kind of done the same thing a little bit mm-hmm. yeah it's very true i feel like yeah. they've done
2: that with animatronics too yes Yeah. i'm hoping that they go with a lot of practical on the avengers e-ticket because i feel like if there's a way to make an avengers adventure with practical effects is that's gonna be incredible yes yeah for sure
0: um, all right, I am gonna have to go to another backup. I'm gonna go to one of my backups on. I, I still have been talked about all my first up, but I'm gonna go with another backup for Indiana Jones Adventure. I mean, obviously the boulder scene was was very high on my list. That was my my primary one, but the that's one that I think is commonly looked at. Um, so I wanted to try to find something that also blew me away. Very subtle. Um, there's a few effects in there that I love, but one of the most subtle effects, again, I'm looking at things that they didn't have to go to this length, but they did, and I don't think most people would even notice it, is right after, uh, or sorry, right as you're entering the, the big room, um, after you pass Indiana Jones, trying to hold the, the gates closed, um, you go down a ramp, and it's really, story-wise, you're going down a set of stairs, um, into the temple. And I don't think, again, they had to do that. They could have just made it glide down a ramp and it's it's similar to that's kind of what dinosaur does is it just kind of glides down and it's supposed (laughs) to be mud. So it's a little different. But, um, the fact that they said, you know what, we're going to make it feel like you're going downstairs in a Jeep is brilliant. (laughs) And I remember riding it the first time and thinking to myself again, similar to, 20 years later with the cave scene with flight of passage lifting off off of the cave grounds um that's how it would feel if i were riding on the back of a banshee i feel like if i were to take my jeep and ride it down some stairs inside an old abandoned temple that this is what it would feel like um and it's just the way they did it. They got it just right. Um, and that's one of the effects I really love on that attraction. Very subtle, very something no one would, you know, not many people would notice, except for those who are really paying attention. Otherwise, it would be something that when someone mentioned to you, you're like, oh, yeah, I guess they did do that.
1: That's a great one. Um, I love also the, and this one is a lot less subtle. Like, it, you clearly see what's happening. But the same thing of thinking about all these bumps, the snake, because it, like, it's supposed to hit the vehicle at the same time. Yeah. And it physically make contact with it, obviously, but that same like rocking motion off to the left but i love the the stairs um because it's always funny to look at the ground (laughs) and see Uh, (laughs) and you still get the bumps anyway
3: yeah i mean while we're in the uh, while we're in the indie area you know it makes me think of i miss the the rotating room one of those things that that was replaced with a poor projector effect in my book (laughs) (laughs)
0: I am glad I got to see that effect when it still worked because that was really cool. Um, then I'm like, Oh, and I actually thought to myself when I first experienced it, how, how do they have three separate tracks and it comes back to the same place, but how, but it doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, I'm trying to figure it out in my head. I'm like, Oh no, it's easy. You just rotate the room (laughs) to make it seem like you're going on a different track. So, uh, yeah, that was a, that's a really great one too people still ask about that mirror that's on the wall because they didn't take the mirror out because it was yes. supposed
1: to be turned to like, so you, you could see the car in front of you go to a different one. So people still ask all the time about that mirror for, because it just sits there now. It doesn't move anymore. Uh, I was like, well, back in the day it used to, you know, and I, you know, I'd give the whole thing, but I love that The mirror just is there. <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming it has to, it, I'm assuming they would have taken it down. Maybe it has, it's connected to something that is not worth the cost or, you know, Uh, the effort of removing
0: it off the wall. That's probably true. Or maybe they're (laughs) hoping to reinstate it someday. Who knows? Leave the opportunity. Um, Well, actually, I'm going to totally flip this again. Philander, I'm going to go back to you because I'm really curious to see if we're going to get five for five.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, My next one is, like I mentioned before, I am a massive fan of imaginary leading us into rooms that have no actual that you can't tell where you're going to leave and this is done a few times which is a lot of the things on my list but this one is at um uh walt disney world the enchanted bell the Chanted Tales mm-hmm. of bell the mirror also um,
3: stealing my list now
1: <laughs> that's, that's, that's not online so <laughs> it's a great <laughs> yeah. effect though um we're a transport to, to the castle uh an incredible effect almost something like i've told people to do that attraction just to see the mirror like you may not care about anything that goes on afterwards with Belle. Granted, I love the little Lumiere that's in there. He's really he's really well done, but that's such an amazing effect for some of that ends up just being like a little play that you do with, you know, families, uh, but to transport you uh, to the um, to the castle and watching that mirror grow and, like, it expands, like, the, the, the down into the floor uh, and it's, like... I remember um, finding out from a friend that it's like two sets of glass and then that they darken the room and then put the projection on the, the frames so that you can't see the, uh, you can't really can tell how it's expanding or, and also they play the music so that you can't hear the mechanism that's doing it. It's just such a combination of so many things to achieve this really cool thing where in actuality, you're walking just from one room into the other, but it's done in such a fantastic way that, um, I always tell people just, if it's not a long, long wait, just do it to see that happen, you know?
0: Yeah, brilliant effect. Uh Randy, you said that was on your list too?
3: Yeah, I'm realizing now the theme of my list is uh, attractions that people would question why a th- man in his 30s with no children would go on. <laughs> um, but, but no, it, it really is absolutely incredible. And you know, it is, you know, you're in a little like, hovel or, you know, uh, cottage and then you transport the castle. But the way that, you know, Imagineering chose to sort of like, oh, you know what? I mean, they could have literally just put a mirror, like a, a mirror on the front of a door and had it open. But mm-hmm. instead they were like, no, we're going to have this magical portal thing, uh, you know, sequence sort of unfold. Um, and it's again, you know, uh, sort of like, you know, oh, well, we could just turn the whole room with Indy. Uh, you know, the way that Imagineering thinks about things is, well, that seems impossible. Well, that means we should probably do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's right. I love how they do that. They're always looking to plus what they've already done or what others have done. Really, an honor to Walt that way. <clears throat> um, well, Randy Philander's still one of yours, so I'll go to you. What do you have? Uh, what do you have next up?
3: All right. Well, I'll I'll jump on to like. My e-ticket list instead of the uh, childless thirty-year-old. <laughs> no, they're great answers, though. I wouldn't think of these. Um, and actually, so one of my one of the most striking things to me was uh, at Tokyo Disney Sea in their Tower of Terror. Um, there's a, it's actually an entirely different story. It's about this explorer guy who's named Hightower, um, who found this idol and the idol's like haunted and it terrorizes him. Um, but during the pre-show, you step into a room. It's sort of the equivalent of our library scene, um, but there's this idol that's on a, a pedestal that looks like it's separated from everything. Um, you know, sort of some special effects happen. The room goes dark for maybe one or two sec- darker for one or two seconds, and the idol has disappeared. Um, but it, it looks like the idol was there, like right up until the moment where the lights come on full and the idol's completely gone, um, they have some projection and lighting magic that sort of helps to uh, promote the illusion that the idol is still there. Um, and again, it's just one of those things where, you know, I mean, like I, I wound up walking backwards and getting admonished in Japanese for trying to, you know, like like, you know, get close to try to see like what exactly just happened. Uh, at least, I assume I was getting admonished in Japanese. I have no clue what they were saying to me. Um, <laughs> but it really is one of those things where, you know, it, it's all about the 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 little bit of lighting, the little bit of special effects, the timing. Um, and, you know, this thing, this idol just drops out and you're just like, what? Where did it go? Oh my God, <laughs> I'm terrorized for this, this ride now.
1: Because they don't let you film it too, right? Because I know they have very specific rules that they sometimes don't want you filming...
3: Oh, yeah. Things. No, they don't want you. They don't want you filming most anything. In fact, I mean, you know, ride videos from Tokyo are fairly hard to come by because mm-hmm. they ask you to put your cameras, like both still or video away, um, even cell phones okay. when you're on any attraction. Uh, and it's just the culturally, the significance of photos is very different. Like you don't stand and take 100 pictures with a character, they'll allow you to have one, literally one snap yep. um, with each character. So uh, you can find a video of the pre-show online. It's not great, but like the moment where that idol disappears is just in- incredible.
0: Yeah, I've seen, I mean, it's interesting they don't let you film because I've definitely seen that on video before. So um, I'm, it's convincing on video. I can only imagine how convincing it is in person. Um, it seems like a very cool illusion to yeah, experience. I,
3: Yeah. I asked to watch the pre-show again in English, which got me nowhere. Um, but I really just wanted to like, (laughs) I I wanted to sit there and watch that effect go over and over and over. And I mean, the Tokyo parks are so crowded that there is zero feasibility to jump back in line and redo anything. Um, so I was just like, can I just watch the pre-show again? And you know, them talking in Japanese and me talking in English, we didn't get anywhere with that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I could see that being a problem. Um, but I guess it gives you an excuse to go back and uh, see it again at some point. Oh, for sure. Uh, Awesome. Great answer. James, what do you have next?
2: I'm deciding between two, but I'm pretty sure that you're going to use this next one. Um, So I won't take that from you. That's okay. (laughs) okay. That's why I go
0: last. I let people see my answers.
2: (laughs) On, um, in rise, the disco room, the, two vehicles that don't have people in them and come to interrogate you but then you they let you pass i love that so much it just makes it gives the ride life it makes you feel like you actually are on a um I can't think of the ride vehicles names right now but um on a tapped vehicle
0: the uh the prisoner transports for the r5 yes, thank you yeah okay there it is <laughs> <laughs> yeah that uh, again uh one of the attractions that I would look at the videos ahead of time. And I think I watched the rise of the resistance video four or five times in different <laughs> angles and any videos I could find. And that was the moment where I was watching it and I noticed that like I had always seen it for, for some reason, I thought maybe they're supposed to be, four vehicles at a time and
2: mm-hmm.
0: there's just it's media day so not they're not fall and two of the vehicles are empty but then i noticed it happened in every video and then slowly i started piecing together that they were going into the room that you just left and yeah. i was thinking like who would care about this because i was so excited about it i was geeking out <laughs> yeah. and i'm like I'm like i could tell joanna and she'd be like oh that's cool and she loves disney and but still i'm like who is really going to geek out to this magnitude <laughs> james <laughs> so <laughs> that's when i message you i'm like did you catch the prisoner yeah. passport swap we texted um,
2: in all caps for a little bit
0: yeah we did uh <laughs> but i i love that ge- it's so genius the idea yeah. of one having you load in a room that right. there's one en- similar to the the its shuttle there's one entrance and exit mm-hmm. um but then to add story into a simple thing of Adding your replacement vehicles <laughs> for yeah. where you just came from to not to keep you in that illusion of you're in uh, prisoner transport um that is being detained and you have to try to escape the star destroyer is brilliant. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I love that effect. Yeah, me too. It, anytime we are able to like take a function that's necessary
1: for a ride operation and have it weave through the narrative of the attraction or like at least the story, that's. Like, again, things they just don't have to do, like, you know, and that may, I'm sure it made it a lot easier for them in the build for the building that they didn't have to create another pathway for these vehicles to get back. But, huh. you know, tell the, you know, how the droids like, Oh, tell the droid, it's just a prison transfer. Like just this very generic that most people that I notice when I'm, you know, at this point now from writing it all the time that I have, I don't, I'm looking at people watching it and they don't even really think about it. They're more in awe of like, we're doing the ride now and they're looking around the room and it's such a subtle thing. That you can even imagine not even listening to the um uh the audio or the tons of people that don't see finn because they're just so like oh my yeah. god what is happening? <laughs> you know they can't they don't even see it so i love the subtlety of that of things like that
0: yeah when i that's funny people definitely miss things because uh i wrote with joanna for the first time both of us experienced it for the first time together I looked at a million and a half videos before writing it. She looked at nothing and I didn't spoil anything for her. And then I was looking for specific things and I got off and I'm like, did you catch, did you catch this? And she's like, wait, what, what happened? (laughs) She actually didn't even realize that Kylo, I think the second Kylo Ren effect, something, she missed something with Kylo Ren. I'm like, you didn't see that effect? She's like, no, I'm like, oh, well now we gotta do it again. (laughs) <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's funny how, how much people miss, but I love that effect. Um, going to back to my list now, I think I'm going to have to do a big one to not have it spoil, uh, not having, uh, taken away from me. I'll talk about the escape pods. I think our half of our list is Rise of Resistance, but I'll talk <laughs> yeah. about the escape pods. Uh, so yeah, the idea of, of Scott Trowbridge saying, you know, we have trackless vehicles. Can we put them onto a motion simulator? And can we put that onto a drop tower is, uh, one crazy, but two, it's, it's it, it, the, the end result is just mind blowing. And, um, I, there are certain little details that I appreciate about it. For example, the fact that when you enter into the escape pod, the obviously you can—it's uh, pretty obvious that you're in front of a screen—but there is the uh, sort of the the outside of the star destroyer where there's a red beacon light kind of hanging up yes. from uh, yeah. that. That's actually a practical effect, and I didn't know that when I first did it. I'm like, oh, that's you know, it's cool. It's part of the screen. It adds depth but to, to truly add depth by making it a physical piece and then realizing that also gives you an idea of the free fall effect cause you can watch that stationary point of view. Um, but, uh, yeah, the whole concept of combining three different types of vehicles in one, I had, uh, Craig McNair Wilson on the show back in the fall and he worked on tower of terror. And then he talked about meeting with John Hench and saying, uh, you know, we kind of want to have a, an elevator that moves forward through a hallway. Do you think we could do that? And he's like, yeah, you know, we can have it move out and move it down. A, use the technology from Ellen's energy adventure, follow a copper wire um, through a hallway into another elevator shaft and lock it into place. But them to just have the audacity to ask that and then to have a really quick, yes, we'll make it happen. Um, is something that's great about Walt Disney Imagineers. Yeah. And uh, this takes it to the next level, literally combining three different ride experiences in one for what ultimately ends up being a 30 second sequence um mm-hmm. it definitely something they could have easily just made some sort of i feel like if it was a, a, che- a lower budget or they didn't put as much effort into it they could have just put you into a, a giant dome room and had some very simple uh floor movements uh, where it locks into a floor and the floor might move a little bit and it might make it feel like you drop or uh, sway a little bit, but no, they really, they thought it through and they decided to immerse you into a multi, like a multi-piece attraction. Well, yeah,
1: totally. The The cheaper version of that attraction is the vehicle doesn't even go to a second floor. Everything is done on one floor and mm-hmm. the drop is simulated through the screen effect, like how they do for other attractions like Star Tours, where you just never leave. But the fact that it goes to a second floor then incorporates a physical drop is the extra money put into this an extra thought because that could all have very easily been achieved, you know, on just a ground level and simulate that dropping sequence just by tilting the vehicle forward, having it still locked in place, but taking out the actual physical drop from the second story to the first story.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. I love, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I also, I think of uh, Transformers Transformers d at Universal Studios Hollywood mm-hmm. as being like the bargain version of, you know, the floor transitions where, you know, it's, it's not a trackless vehicle, but you know, because of space constraints, they had to place the, the attraction on two stories. Mm-hmm. And it's just sort of like, Oh look, you're going up. Oh look, you're going down. It's not super integrated into the story. It was almost like they had mm-hmm. to make an excuse for why the elevator was there as opposed to, Hey, we're going to put an elevator in here and we're going to make it super intentional and a part of the storyline.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the
2: fast. Go ahead. It does. Um, I love the reactions for the drop. Uh, when people don't know what's coming, it's just complete sensory overload. <laughs>
0: and the fact that R five screams with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I was going to say the, uh, the two story idea is a agree, lander. It's, it's just brilliant that they did that and it took it to the, it's, it's definitely not the bargain version of the attraction. It's the, uh, the full out, uh, you know, let's, let's take this as far as it can go version of the attraction. But, uh, it's I, you know I sometimes tell people that a lot of people are like really afraid of spoiling attractions for themselves. And to be fair, I think it is worth going into an attraction like that, not having seen anything, not knowing what to expect. For me, I knew it was just going to do it one time and one you know one trip, and I wanted to take it all in um, or to to know what to look out for and to appreciate all those details so I can then go back and talk about it on the podcast. But even so, in a lot of cases where you spoil an attraction by watching a video, it still blows you away in person and it's hard to, it still just isn't quite like watching a video. And the moment for me that made it happen is I knew that there was a two, I knew it was two stories. I knew that we were going to go up. I knew exactly where we were going to go up, exactly what they were going to say, like everything. And then the fact that we're going to go down later. But then when you actually go to the, the elevator going up in the adat at room, thinking, Wow, this is high. Like I, yeah. I didn't, I didn't expect it to be that high. Like it, you think two stories, you don't think quite that far. But it's probably thirty feet or so. It's yeah, it, and it goes up fast. Like when you when you rise up that elevator, you watch it in a video. It looks pretty smooth. It, it is smooth. It looks tame. Um, but then you get onto the elevator and it it lifts you up, and you're thinking to yourself, "We're gonna be doing this in reverse. We're gonna be going down <laughs> in a free fall. This is high." Um, not quite like Tower of Terror, but I, yeah, that, that whole concept just blows me away. So, um, cool, let's switch up the order again. Um, who haven't I, who hasn't gone first? I don't think you've gone first in a while, James, so why don't you go with the next one?
2: All right, uh, I'll go head over to Shanghai uh, to Pirates there when Jack appears on the ship. Mm-hmm. Mind-blowing, like everything else we've been talking about, but still, mind-blowing. I
0: love that effect too. Um, I haven't seen it in person because I haven't been to Shanghai. But
2: right,
0: same the, here. <laughs> yeah, the Jack Sparrow effect is. Uh, have actually, Philander, you've been to Shanghai, right?
1: No, that's the one I haven't done yet.
0: None of us have been. I almost went, but
1: my I had, I had a child instead, so. <laughs> <laughs> I think acceptable. that's fair. You can
0: always you can always go to Shanghai another time. Um, I think, um, cast
1: members to Shanghai to from my department to kind of get their, um, their tour services off the ground, you know, learning like a little program like that. And, uh, but that coincided with
0: my daughter being born. So I didn't get to make that trip. Oh. Well, we'll have to all experience it in person, but yeah, from the videos I've seen, it's one of the most convincing effects on the attraction.
2: Yeah. So. It's one of those effects that you just like, I don't want to learn how it works. I just don't want to spoil it, At least until I see it in person someday. I don't know if yeah. that'll
3: ever happen, but See, I'm from the opposite school of thought of you guys. Like, I, I refuse to watch ride-through videos of anything that I'm going to be going on just because I want to, like, have that authentic experience. So now I'm, like, that much more pumped up to go to Shanghai. To
2: <laughs> oh, I tried. Whatever. on. <laughs> I tried so hard to not watch any videos for Rise, but they just <laughs> appeared in front of me. And I've watched them probably ten times. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we will uh, we'll leave the Jack Sparrow effect at. There's something involving Jack Sparrow, but um, yes. it's a it's a it's a cool, convincing effect for sure.
3: Um, Randy, let's go to you next. What do you have up uh, on your list? Um, let me see here. Uh, you know what? I am sure we're going to come back to Haunted Mansion for an extended Haunted Mansion uh, segue. So I'll I'll go with uh, a nice again, subtle cue cue illusion, actually, which is uh, the luggage uh, that the little droid is scanning in the Star Tours Uh, (laughs) queue, And, you know, I mean, you know, it's, again, a great combination of sort of projector and practical effects. Um, And specifically, you know, when he's like, oh, I'm just going to vaporize this luggage and the luggage disappears because it seems to have been hit with a laser. Um, You know, it's one of those, you know, they didn't have to put that there. They didn't have to try to entertain you while you were in line if you aren't really paying attention you'll miss it um, but if you sort of watch that sequence um you know unfold you know for long enough you're like wow they really put a lot of thought and effort into this this silly little droid that most people are just going to charge past at 100 miles an hour trying to get to the ride
1: <laughs>
3: yeah that's yeah. a good
1: one yeah we like expect ex- expect wdi to create really detailed and themed cues but then for them to put entertainment in the queue that's like a whole nother thing Mm -hmm. uh which like sets the bar that much higher because the room is still if you take those two dreads out it's very well detailed It set up sets up the story perfectly with all the luggage on the ground um you know it, it works well the sound effects that's going on but adding that entertainment in there is just another next level type thing where you know, we're going to entertain you while also pushing for the story of you being in a airport, you know, type location.
0: Yeah. I love the whole effect of that cue. It's just very, um, or the whole, I should say, uh, ambience of that cue. It's definitely making you feel like you're in some sort of space airport. Um, it's, a, uh, it makes you feel like you're about to go on a, a vacation somewhere. Um, only to have your, your vacation, uh, Travels interrupted one way or another. So, Um, but great answer. Uh, Philander, what do you have up next?
1: Uh, Next, mine is, uh, it's another kind of subtle one and it's in the queue for um, uh, Mission Breakout and it's Rocket Raccoon. Um, Oh, yes. love that sequence because uh, it allows him to move around the room without actively moving around the room because you get him falling out of the 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 duct, then you get the tail moving, which is obviously separate from the duct. Then you get his hand going up to mute Tavon, to and then the actual animatronic moves up. But he is now moved through the story across to the other side of the room, and then he moves that final time when he ducks down to grab um, Star Lord's Walkman. So you get this all these mm. separate things timed together, one after the other that have you convinced that he is now moving around the room as opposed to the only one animatronic is in the corner of the room that actually does most of the exposition for the attraction. But I love that all of those things are timed in sequence to shift your gaze as he is moving because it's easy to like look at him, obviously an animatronic, if you know, if anyone knows anything about him that they need to be rooted into position, you know, in some kind of way. But for them to create all of these individual effects that have him moving around the room adds to that. And also love the fact that he ducks under that pipe, uh, which is another super subtle thing, uh, mm-hmm. running around to talk to you. Uh, that's done really, really well. But yeah, that entire sequence of him dropping out, moving around the room, and then finally finishing with him ducking down to get the, uh, um, the Walkman
2: is great. I think I have his entire speech memorized. (laughs) same.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't do, that's one of those things where I I don't do the attraction, but I will walk through Mm -hmm. the queue with my party just because I want to experience those little details. And, uh, Mm -hmm. it's definitely, again, going into the theme of Disney doing more than they need to, um, just to add to the story and, um, to the illusion too that this is a this is not an animatronic this is a this is actually rocket that's Mm -hmm. there and delivering this mission to all of you is uh is a great effect
3: yeah i'm I'm happy they really invest in the library because all i have to say is i have words for whoever decided that space boiler rooms look rather like old hotel boiler rooms (laughs) (laughs) but that's a different episode (laughs) yeah
0: the library is brilliant though I'll, i'll agree with that yeah, they um, could have very easily um,
1: just had him. Like, there's a B mode of that where Rocket is on the TV, if in case the animatronic is is not working correctly. Um, oh. The fact that they happen mm-hmm. to go with that as opposed to just giving you the TV screen again um, is great because that would have been you could have almost hear the grumbles from people saying, "This is just like Tower of Terror. We're gonna watch the TV again." It's just now Rocket as opposed to Rod Serling, uh, but having him physically be in the space. You know commands the attention there where when you walk in and you see Tavon on the screen you know i remember doing that for the first time with people and they're almost like this is just like they're almost saying this is almost exactly the same as tower of terror but having him be in there with you you could see people say oh this is actively very different beforehand because they have him in the space with us as opposed to just listening to the story
0: on the tv yeah absolutely um so uh I'm kind of surprised, but I also know why we haven't. Um, I'm going to throw out, I guess, a big one because my list is being chipped away, which is fine. Um, (laughs) But I have to say probably my favorite part of the Haunted Mansion is the ballroom. Um, The iconic use of Pepper's ghost effect in the Haunted Mansion. And I mean, the... That's I think the illusion I'll point out as far as a, an actual illusion, but beyond that, the ballroom scene is just brilliant. Uh, I I love having the ghosts on the essentially the chandeliers and the 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 portraits and top level, and then you know on the bottom level you have the ghosts that are um, either dancing in the ballroom or celebrating the uh, the birthday over at the the table or um, playing the organ. And then even on the level with you, having the ones that are kind of off to the sides, um, is just a really, a convincing effect. And I know how it works. I think most people kind of understand the concept of it. And mm-hmm. still you can totally convince yourself that there are actual ghosts in the dining room and not think anything of it. Um, and then when you add in the Haunted Mansion holiday at Disneyland, it just makes it even better. Yeah. But, uh, cause I love the, uh, the gingerbread the gingerbread house they build every year and how they change it up and mm-hmm. the haunted mansion holiday in general is amazing. But, uh, yeah, I had to, I had to bring up the ballroom scene for haunted mansion it had to be discussed at some point. That was on my list. So <laughs> was...
1: there
3: you go. I finally took one. <laughs> yeah. I had a whole pepper's ghost section, um, with all the places <laughs> it pops up in Disney parks. But I mean, it's also just the sheer scale and audacity of that ballroom scene. Yeah. Uh, you know, because, you know, little versions like Randall uh, at the Monsters, Inc. ride, the Blue Fairy, and Pinocchio, you're like, okay, it's one character as opposed to, you know, this giant, I don't know, 10,000 square foot ballroom that's three yeah. stories tall. Um, it's absolutely phenomenal. And I also like that uh, you mentioned the mansion holiday, but this last year for the 50th, they actually got really aggressive with putting uh, ghosts. I mean, very it, Pepper's Ghost requires certain angles to work and be deceptive. Um, And they've been getting very, very aggressive with like moving the ghosts closer to your level um, to where, you know, the illusion has to be managed a lot more carefully. Um, So I like that they're still continuing to try to play with the formula even after 50 years and try to add new and different things, particularly through the holiday version. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm
0: -hmm. Absolutely.
1: And I think, like Randy was saying too, bringing up like Blue Fairy and Randall is... The, the, my favorite part of that ballroom is is the birthday because you have the ghosts interacting with physical props yeah. that are <sighs> exactly yes. where they are is the, is the coolest part of it because they had to line that up perfectly for them to appear with that table on the opposite side of that room. And the Blue Fairy and Randall are great, but the fact that they aren't interacting with anything like the cake or that they're actively sitting at the table or the guy that's like drunk under the table the one ghost that you see, is- <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
2: all
1: of that, yeah, all of that, like lined up so perfectly on the opposite side, like to the, like to even like imagine how you had to just keep adjusting it, keep adjusting it until you lined it up, actively perfect on the opposite side, makes that so special. And the fact that it was 1969, which is like still that that's still people have trouble figuring it out how it works, is leads to like the, the true
0: magic of that entire sequence, that room. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, All right. So we have a few left. I think for the sake of time, I'm going to challenge you all to look at your last two and I'll leave in some time for honorable mentions, but uh, we're going to go to two more each and we'll start with you could go in either order. If you want to go with the one that's like the, the one you really want to talk about the most or um, sort of a backup first and uh, we'll throw in a, but between rounds, we will throw in a couple of honorable mentions, but um, I'd say we'll go with your, you know, sort of your seconds last. So I'll start with uh, who we started with in a while. I guess uh, Philander, we'll start with you for sort of your runner up.
1: All right. Um, my last two is kind of a combined one, um, but I, I'll explain them both pretty quickly. Okay. Again, my love of um, entering into rooms <laughs> that you don't know the lot <laughs> of, um, that works. Uh, they've done it both recently really well with the, the prison cell and Rise of Resistance and then the pre-show of Mickey's Runaway Railway where you enter through the cartoon. Uh, oh, yeah. And then going into the prison cell and having uh, you being trapped in there essentially and not knowing that, again, the room is going to be you know sawed off from the opposite side Like all of those things are, um, I I love going into, I adore that because I'm like, what are they going to do in this space? Cause I think again, Imagineering has conditioned us to always look, okay, this isn't the ride here. So I know I'm going to be going to the next space. So I I adore when I enter into a room and it is, uh, it's just, you know, all walls and you're like, oh boy, this is going to be like, you know, it's going to be good.
0: Yeah, that effect in particular is kind of like the uh, the stretching scene in the um, stretching room all over again. Yes. <laughs> yeah. they, they really, really- took, took that concept to heart. Um, but great answer. Let's go
3: with Randy up next. Uh, so my, my last two actually are the same effect, but they're presented very differently. Um, and it's either the ghosts that sit with you in your Doom buggy, and this is specifically the Disneyland version, but the the sort of other presentation of it, at least in california is the car tires in radiator springs racers mm. uh, you know where you have the white wall tires that are all of a sudden put on your car and i think that you know again it's like one of those you know the haunted mansion one is very in your face you know it's like here you will pay attention this is the effect now <laughs> um and the white wall tires you know i mean again you know it's it's one of disney's greatest hits and they synced it up to the vehicle sort of you know uh, you know just turning the lights on I mean, it's it's really not complicated um, But just that great idea of hey, you know We can convince you that some you know a ghost is with you or we can convince you that uh, Your car has new tires on it when that would be pretty impractical to change the tires on a ride vehicle <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> I've always I've always been like slightly disappointed that if you go on the Ramon side of Radiator Springs racers There's not some other like color-changing mirror or something Um, so I always want to go tire side on that attraction just to see that one little, Hey, you've got white wall tires now.
0: Yeah, that is a very cool effect. I'll agree. I always like that side. (laughs) James, how about you?
2: Uh, let's see. I'm going to go kind of broad the pirates facade. Um, like even just thinking about it right now, like there's no way that that big of an adventure can just take place in that little tiny New Orleans front. I think it's, it's really incredible and it was just such so amazing that it was made you know so long ago
0: yeah absolutely i um i love that concept too anytime they have uh and it's the same thing with the haunted mansion you look at in either park you look at the fact that it's a small mansion it's a big mansion but it's it's a mansion mm-hmm. it doesn't look big enough to host a ride and uh that it's really just the facade and there's this whole backstage show building that mm-hmm. houses the main attraction that you'll never see unless you're really looking hard or from a particular spot. Um, you know, it's just a brilliant thing. So I'll, uh, I'll agree with you there. Yeah. Hiding show <laughs> buildings was, was one for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a good, it's a good theme. Absolutely. Yeah. And they get better at it every time
2: mm-hmm. they do it. The building
0: yeah. getting bigger and bigger. and <laughs> <they can't
2: find laughs> Yeah. Pretty soon we'll be crawling through and then it's like just a massive...
3: (laughs) (laughs) For sure.
0: Um, Oh boy, which one am I going to go with next? I will, for my runner-up... I think I'm going to go with my old stomping grounds. Um, And that's the 800 square miles of the Harambe Wildlife Reserve. Kilmadraw Safaris. It's... I remember riding it the first time and you can convince yourself you're in the middle of Africa and an 800 square mile reserve because they have covered every point of view. Um, there is a berm surrounding the attraction, which helps because it is, it's an outdoor attraction. It's not easy to do. Um, mm-hmm. I think the the only time that illusion is broken is from certain points in the Savannah. You can see expedition Everest that wasn't there when the attraction was built, but now it's, might seem like a distant mountain somewhere in Africa, but uh, which doesn't really fit with the geography where it's supposed to take place. But regardless, um, that's the only sort of point where that illusion is broken. Otherwise you can truly convince yourself that you are in this vast savanna um, ends the forest. And um, even like with the poacher scene, which is now the, the extension of the, of the savanna sort of entering another forest, you can still think that you're in this giant reserve part of it is because the attraction is larger than the magic kingdom so it is huge to begin with but still the fact that you you'll never see backstage and yet there are points where backstage is right there and i can tell you it's right there um you know the animals that there's effects with the animals uh like natural barriers and things to make it look like they're you know like that line can come up to you it it can't but uh there are certain (laughs) certain things like that that are involved with the attraction, but just the, the sheer magnitude and the size of the attraction being an illusion in itself. Um, it is large, but you could still convince yourself it is significantly larger just because they hide every single like backstage gate um, attractions outside of, it's almost like being in Disneyland. You cannot uh, unless you're <clears throat> like, if you used to ride the skyway, like there's not many places where you can see outside the berm of the park. So, yeah. That I love about the attraction,
1: among other I remember thinking about that um, on that Modern Marvels episode for Walt Disney World, right? That's why I first learned about how elaborate that attraction is, um, where they actually focused on the imagineering that went into creating it. Because I think someone could ride it and very easily like be, like be put it into a too simple thing where it's like, oh, there's the animals, but not really think about all the little things that went into it. Um, or like any person that goes on any kind of elaborate attraction, they get off and they're like, Oh, that was cool. And I'm like, uh, yeah, it was cool. You know, like (laughs) down to like, Oh, that was cool. What's next. And you're like, Oh my God. Like, just like, think about what you just did for a minute as opposed (laughs) to wanting to move on to the next thing. And I'm really excited. I don't know if you, did you see Matt the um, Disney plus the magic of animal kingdom documentary thing coming up?
0: I have Have not, but that is
1: going to be high on my list. Uh, a friend of mine at disney world he was part of the camera crew for it but it's essentially a disney plus documentary solely dedicated to just that park only uh which i'm like oh god give me now (laughs) because
0: i know that's both of our favorite
1: parks (laughs) (laughs) sign me up i think it's supposed to come out later like either uh like this fall i think uh but he's excited because um they put the logo i think up on Disney Plus's website or something like that. So he's like, "It's getting closer." And I worked on it.
0: And <laughs> that's so cool! I cannot wait. I didn't know. I, I didn't know that was going to happen.
2: When I wrote it last time, there was a big old camera crew out there filming some elephants. So well, there you go. That. Yeah, that's that's what that was. <laughs> Maybe I'll be famous.
0: Um, well, clearly, this is something we could talk about for hours upon hours. I think for even one particular attraction, but we'll go down to the. Last one on our list. If you want to throw in any honorable mentions on the way, feel free. But um, I'll go in the the order I originally started with for this one. So James, you are up first for your last okay. one. Okay,
2: I'm going to throw in two honorable mentions. One is Everest. The train goes up the lift, and then comes down the big drop, but doesn't. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that is a good. I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. It
0: posts about that effect. That is very. Oh, cool. totally.
2: Yeah. And number two is on the Tron ride. When you pass they have an orange tinted mirror and you pass the mirror and it looks like there's another train or another programs passing you. And I really I when I first saw the POV, I probably searched for 10 minutes trying to find the second track for Tron. And I was like, wait, there's not a second track. (laughs) 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 Okay, so my final effect is I was surprised that this hadn't come up yet, but the wall blasts on Rise
0: oh yeah you're right I didn't even have that on my list I tried not to do too much rise of the resistance I, fa- I failed at that too but
2: too <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that I'm still not entirely sure how they pulled it off so well because it looks really good and it's it's in multiple places across the ride too and yeah so that's my final one
0: <laughs> solid choice it is definitely convincing
2: mm-hmm
0: um awesome randy you are up next
3: oh man we actually hit everything on my list but yeah i know i (laughs) everyone was doing good because i don't know i mean i had stuff like uh in phantasmic mickey disappearing but you know turns out setting off fireworks in front of someone isn't too much of an illusion um (laughs) but no i i would say that you know we kind of hit at this but You know, I actually I love Main Street USA more than most people probably, to whom it's just between them and their next fast pass. Um, But you know, I mean, I I think that the way that they've done Main Street, particularly in California, is is amazing, where they sort of are using that forced perspective to give you the idea that you know the buildings are much taller than they actually are, um, or that Main Street is much grander than it actually is, or that the castle is actually a lot taller than the tiny little castle we have in California. um, (laughs) You know, it's one of those things where, you know, it's nothing but exposition, you know, it's nothing but you sort of wandering down and it, it, it's the beginning of the macro illusion of Disney where my most important problem is what time is my next fast pass, Um, you know, and, and I am no longer as concerned with all that stuff that's going wrong in the rest of life and the world. Uh, And, and you are, you know, the illusion of Main Street is sort of all of your cares dropping off as you walk by the store, as you walk by the Opera House, as you walk by the Crystal Palace. Um, and, you know, that's the ultimate illusion that uh, you can ignore everything for a day and it's all, all right.
0: <laughs> Time and reality disappears all around you at once. Yes. Brilliant. Um, Philander, how about you? Uh, my last two
1: uh, little quick honorable mention ones, um, we mentioned it briefly earlier, but the Ray's Hologram and Rise is excellent. Oh, yeah. oh right. Yeah. Can very, very easily be uh, people, I think at first assumed it was Pepper's ghost, but it's not. Uh, they use like a projection on an angled mirror uh, to create that that look of like depth. Um, and then I've noticed from doing it uh, a few times that no matter also where you're standing at in the room, she's looking at you in the face, which I thought was really interesting because oh. it's not done in the same way that the, um, the bus are in the mansion, but they somehow came up with a way that I've stood in different parts of that room and she's always looking at you was just like the messages to you specifically. So I thought that was kind of like, you know, a very specific call to action from her to you directly. Like we need your help. Um, I love that. And then my last little honorary one was, um, uh, it didn't really, it doesn't, they don't really do it the same way at Walt Disney world's tower of terror, but before it changed from guardians, the one here was the, uh, the hallway room, which employs so many different types of, uh, 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 special effects when you go up and you see the hallway first and then they use the force perspective to make it look like it's going way, way off in the distance. Then the family appears, you know, using that projection effect, then they disappear. Then the fiber optics come on the wall uh, and the room all dark and it looks like space, like, that for all that single room to do all those individual things before you dropped wasn't a huge one for me because that could have very easily been something where you went to different levels to see those different effects happen, but all of it's achieved in the exact same space. But the thing is really great.
0: Absolutely brilliant. You're right. And you said that was your other honorable mention or was that your last one? That was my last one. Oh, okay, was- cool. <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> I was going to say like, Oh, I know what's the next one. No, that is a, that is a brilliant one for sure. Um, yeah, it's uh again, I haven't done it in person because I can't mm-hmm. really handle it, but uh the videos that I've seen and uh it just looks incredible. So I will let's see. Hmm. For an honorable mention, I will say at Epcot, all the pavilions in World Showcase are great. And this, this isn't necessarily even my favorite, but I think it's the greatest illusion, the Mexico pavilion, it being in the Plaza de los Amigos and feeling like you are in the middle of an a quaint Mexican village in the evening, no matter what time of day it is. Um, seeing the volcano off in the distance and the the temple, it's just... Uh, one of my favorite places in Disney. So I had to have that on my list, just that illusion of being completely someplace else. And I will also say the idea of forced perspective in general, but I love Cars Land's forced perspective with the Cadillac yeah. Mountain Range
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the idea that they had to build it just right to hide what was behind it. Um, mm-hmm. That is is uh, like just to think that if you were to be you know, standing 10 feet above where you are, it, you would the illusion would be totally destroyed. Um, but that they took all those points of reference into consideration, designing it, um, you know, completed that illusion. And I love that was a time where they really, I think did very detailed work on the, the distant mountains um, with some paintwork and uh, some fade effects to make it look even farther than what had been done in the past. Or even higher than what had been done in the past, so that's one of the others I had on my list of honorable mentions. Um, I'll I'll finish with uh, what's sometimes the forgotten attraction at at uh, at Galaxy's Edge, which is uh, Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run, <laughs> and <laughs> specifically the illusion of boarding the Falcon. Yes, for me yeah. is a very yeah. convincing effects and it's it's all done of course with just physical spaces but the thing they had to do and i was even thinking about before experiencing it was how are they going to have the millennium falcon out front but then you board it and there's no place to board it and there's no like clearly there's no there's no way to board it on the outside so um but then for them to have chewy move it into the the you know Onaka transport hangar bay over your head, and then you can physically see like kind of about where it would be, and then you turn in, and you're like, "Oh, wow! Now I'm actually in the Millennium Falcon." <laughs> um, and to make it feel kind of talking about Star Tours before, like feeling like you're in an airport, this to me always makes me feel like I'm boarding a plane. Like it's just yeah, very the sounds that they have and the jetway, and it it uh, and then to take it a step further with, um, you know, I think we could have also talked about the the effect of the contraction attra- mechanism itself um, and how it works and how there's four different um, turntables essentially with multiple cockpits that move into different places and you enter and exit in different rooms, but you still, it feels like you're the only people boarding the Millennium Falcon, just the six of you um, and still operate it, you know, over a thousand people an hour is uh, a genius design. Um, so that probably even beyond boarding the Falcon is a genius effect. So, I had to have that on my list creating that That's effect good, of you
1: not seeing a bunch of millennium falcons like they could have like you know roller coasters coming into space mountain the trains coming and having it being one ship and you getting this very singular experience with the the five other people that you're with going down the hallway by yourself Um, and loading it. And then to create that within the confines of what we know to be the ship from the film. So they had to work with how that ship is built to create these hallways as well. Because you can't just add a bunch of like rando rooms. (laughs) Yeah. The the ship that did not, (laughs) that don't exist that you haven't seen in the films. So for them to take that physical space and then essentially build the ride around it, which is such a wild concept because that chess room has these hallways that go off of it and has these places and you can't just add compartments and spaces and hallways and rooms. Like it needs to feel like it's like the actual film, like for them to build it around that ship uh, is, is wild. And then for you to leave also um, separate from everyone else, because you don't see also exiting people like coming yeah. back the way that you had, that you just went in, like you have to walk back out the Falcon. That's another great, you know, great touch.
0: Absolutely agree. Well, this was uh, definitely a super fun discussion. Like I said, I know that the four of us could go on for hours, but uh, I wanted to uh, try to cap it at, at you know no more than 10 each and we have an exhaustive list, or not an exhaustive list, but a long list here of really great uh, illusions and effects. So um, yeah, James, Philander, Randy, thank you all so much for coming onto the show and talking about your favorite illusions from uh, Walt Disney Imagineering.
3: This was fun, thank you. Yeah, thank you, this is great. It was very, very fun.
0: And with that, we close out episode 85 and our two-part discussion of our favorite illusions from Walt Disney Imagineering. I want to give a very special thank you once again to Randy and Philander and James for lending their... Uh, ideas and opinions to this episode as i said earlier i think we could have made this a five part episode because we had so many ideas and so many illusions that we wanted to share and we truly just couldn't get to them all and it was such a fun topic to discuss with this group we absolutely geeked out about our favorite illusions because this is definitely not an exhaustive list i would love to turn this conversation over to you and keep the discussion going by hearing what other illusions you would add to this ongoing list you can send me your answers and feedback in many different ways of course you can reach out to me on social media by following Imagineer podcast on facebook instagram tiktok or linkedin at imagine your podcast on twitter at Imagineer News, or you can join our Facebook group, The Imagination, also called the Imagineer Podcast Disney Fan Community, to converse about this and many other Disney subjects, not just with me, but with other members of this Imagineer Podcast community as well. Or you can always send me an email at Imagineer Podcast. At gmail.com. If you don't already subscribe to the show, be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button. Whether you're listening in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or any other podcast app, so that you are the first to know when new podcast episodes become available. And if you have five seconds to leave us a rating in the Apple Podcast Store, or would like to take it a step further and leave us a review in the Apple Podcast Store, it does so much to help this community out and lets others know what opinions you have about the show. I do read each and every review that I receive in Apple Podcasts or even on Facebook for that matter. And I'll often share them to my Instagram or Facebook story. And thanks to the uh, 400 of you or so who have left us a five star review in Apple Podcasts or on Facebook. I again read each and every single one of them. A lot of them often move me even to tears. And I am just so grateful for this community that we've built. Of course, if there's anything I could do to make this podcast show and community even better for you, just reach out to me. Whether you send me a direct message on social media or an email, I do personally read every single message message I receive and will often respond to as many as possible if not every message I receive and uh, I take every uh, point of view to heart so any ideas you have for ways you can make this show better just reach out to me and let me know. Of course, the best thing you could do for the show is just to share it, whether you share out this episode or your favorite episode of the show or some of our content on social media, whether you share that to your social media pages or just talk about it with your friends, no matter what you do, to spread the word of Imagineer Podcast helps us out tremendously. And if you'd like to take your love of Imagineer Podcast one step further, definitely look into Imagineer Society by going to patreon.com slash imagineer podcast patreon spelled p-a-t-r-e-o-n uh Imagine Your Society is essentially a way that you can help to support the show financially, help us keep the lights on for Imagine Your Podcast, and in return, you get perks and benefits associated with that membership starting at even just $1 a month. That is $12 a year. Think about that. That, you still get perks and benefits. Of course, the more you contribute, the more benefits and rewards you get in return including things like early access to every podcast episode, a private Facebook group just for Imagine Society members, access to my close friends list on Instagram, bonus podcast episodes, monthly video calls and Q&As, and so much more. And again, you can learn all about it by going to patreon.com slash Podcast And check out our partners, first The Kingdom Insider, over at thekingdominsider.com or The Kingdom Insider on any social media channel, because Christy has a lot of great news and information to share and offer some incredible tips and tricks for making the most of your Disney vacation no matter which Disney destination you choose, and how you can even bring the magic of Disney into your own home. So again, check her out over at thekingdominsider.com or The Kingdom Insider on any social media channel. And when you're ready to book your next Disney vacation, look into our partner Academy Travel because they are diamond earmarked that is the highest level of distinction that disney awards travel agencies and they are the number one travel agency in the u.s for booking disney vacations because frankly they've been doing this for over 25 years and have a lot of knowledge and experience in doing so and can provide an incredible level of service and the best part is that it is done at no extra cost to you. That's right, you can request a free quote, no obligation to any Disney destination, whether it's Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, Adventures by Disney, Aulani, or any other destination around the world by looking into the show notes of this episode and clicking on any of those destination links to get that free quote form, or by simply going to ImagineerPodcast.com, clicking on the travel drop down, and again, clicking on any of those destination whichever is applicable to you to get a free quote no obligation for your next disney vacation and last but not least remember as always to go after your hopes, your dreams, your goals, no matter what they are, write them down, take that first step, whatever it is to go after that dream and that goal. And remember, as always, that inspiring quote from Horizons, if you can dream it, you can do it. Thank you so much for listening to the show and we'll see you again in a future episode of the Imagineer podcast.